Welcome to Bliss Beyond Fear. Your hosts, Des, a transformational life coach, and Gina Marie, a personal development mentor, are here to help you have confidence, embrace your worth, and find your joy. Des and Gina Marie are fierce friends and lifestyle entrepreneurs that will encourage you to have faith, elevate your mindset, and take action so you can achieve the results you desire. They believe that an abundant life is sustained by overcoming your fears through creating a circle that elevates you and rises with you. Your blissful journey begins now. Miles has been blogging since 2015 and within a few months was able to quit his job to blog full time. When his son Benji was born, he needed to earn a second income from something that didn't take a ton of time away from a growing family. Their dream was to have his wife quit her job and care for their son. In addition to being able to bring his wife home from work, he was also able to retire to full-time blogging as well. Chris has an amazing inspirational story of how he was able to get through the bumps in the road and tap into affiliate marketing and blogging. Now Chris has dedicated his life to helping others that have dreams of taking their passions and turning their knowledge and experiences into income. Well, we are so excited to have you here today. This is a great opportunity. Um, We would love, do you like to go by Christopher or Chris? Chris is fine. Chris is fine. So I want to hear about this journey. Tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself. I know we, um, we, we clued in our, our listeners a little bit in on who you are, but um, tell us, tell us your journey that got you to where you are right now. Yeah, no doubt. So um, I'm just the regular guy. I went to, I grew up, went to school. I've always been what they call like a serial entrepreneur. I guess you could say so. I've always had like a little mini job or something just trying to generate more income on top of whatever I was doing uh, on the main point. But um, I remember one of the first entrepreneur like endeavors I remember jumping on was uh, I was like in second grade or something and we were doing a candy sale and the candy was like three or four bucks. But I remember going uh, door to door around the neighborhood and I was selling it for like five bucks just so I can pocket the difference. And I don't know how ethical that was, but it definitely <laughs> I don't know if they realized that a, an, an eight year old could figure that out so early. So uh, that was actually like one of my first things, but I've always done something on the way. So anyway, so just, you know, fast forward a few years, uh, I went to college and I ended up getting a pretty good job out of, out of school. It was not the greatest paying job, but it was something to kind of get the bills paid. It was one of those, what I call like a J-O-B or just over broke type job mm, <laughs> yeah. where I was. And I uh, eventually got married and um, she had a job too and everything was great. Uh, we were just making, you know, enough to be able to do some stuff, but uh, I made a couple of bonehead decisions that really put us in some really serious credit card debt and had to live with that. I still had school loans and stuff I had to pay as well. So uh, it got a little tough. And then we found out that we were going to be um, having our first son, Benji. You know, he just came up here and um, all of a sudden, you know, things changed because my wife wanted to quit her job and 
I had to find a way to try to make enough money to try to, uh, you know, justify her being able to do that and just figuring it out, you know? So I went online and I did what most people probably do is how to make money online, you know, cause I didn't necessarily want to get a second job, uh, because it was going to take away more time from the family in the house. So, I mean, I kind of just did a few things that took up a ton of time and didn't really have too much money. Um, behind them. It was a lot of uh, big waste of time, really. And a lot of the stuff didn't justify me to continue with it. So I ended up stumbling upon uh, affiliate marketing and uh, specifically through blogging. And I started doing that. And uh, I'd like to say that everything was like peaches and rainbows and everything was great since then. But I ran into a couple of roadblocks and um, I remember having my first website that I put up completely taken down from Google because I was following some bad advice pretty much. So I was like, oh, should I just pack this up and just give up on the dream or should I keep pushing? So I kept so wait, pushing. Hold on. And you, you, you got it taken down from Google? Yeah. The technical word for what it. What the is, heck in the world? What were, you, <laughs> what were you doing there, mister? Yeah, you'd be surprised about was what's it on illegal? Google, right? No. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> No, I was trying to find some ways to earn an income online, and I created a website. I remember spending, like, weeks working on that website and getting it just right. And I may have borrowed some text from other websites, ah, and I didn't necessarily know. It was like a journalism That's how I got through high school. Okay. All right. All right. Back then, they couldn't check on you, you know. Right. <laughs> now my kids get ratted out all the time. They're like, you cannot copy and paste this from Google. So, but the thing is, I didn't, the problem was I didn't know that that was the wrong thing to do. And I ended up, uh, I mean, it was just, I was young and stupid. You know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just heard people say, you can create a website and make money. And it just magically happens, right? So um, I learned from my uh, pretty egregious mistake. And I ended up developing a process on how to uh, create blogs online that earned passive income. So I started doing that over and over again. And I started a YouTube channel and I have passive blogs and YouTube channels right now. And because of through all of that, basically, I say all of that to say this, I was able to finally basically retire my wife. And then uh, a few months later, I was able to do it myself. And uh, so now we both work from home and um, well, actually, I work from home and she does all, the majority of the work taking care of our son, Benji. <laughs> so uh, how old is Benji? How old is Benji now? He just turned four. He just, wow. he just turned four. Yeah. So um, I wouldn't say, I mean, I'm trying to do what I can. I know a lot of people who are working a lot harder than I am, but I'm just trying to work very hard just to keep people at home so that we can all enjoy this. And it came at a perfect time because of what's going on with the pandemic and everything, because now uh, I was already working from home. So it wasn't much of a transition for me, <laughs> you know, but it's been really fun. And, and that's basically how I got here. That's amazing. So what did your wife do before um, before you retired her? Uh, she had a corporate job, you know, just the regular nine to five that she liked but didn't like, you know, and uh, I just wanted to try to, you know, provide a different kind of life, you know, not the typical, you know, uh, what they quote unquote call the American dream, but typically the American dream comes with a lot of debt. <laughs> so I was trying to avoid all of that and I stumbled upon something that worked. That is fantastic. You know, we have a lot of women in, in our circle that listen to our podcast and that we that we um, coach and mentor that are going through transitions. I think all of us are going through transitions with COVID and, you know, life looks different and we've had to, you know, make some shifts and everything. That had to have been scary. 
saying, okay, we're going to shift a little. She's not going to have that security of that paycheck or that security of insecurity. I mean, you really, do you really have ever any uh, security, right? No, not really. But there was that pivot and there was that moment where you're like, all right, you know what? We're going to do something different. We're going to step out of the box. We're going to follow our heart and our passion and something that aligns with our values and what we want for our lives. There are so many listeners that are in that same space, but they're paralyzed. They are just going, I I don't even know where to begin. I don't know. What is some advice that you would give to our listeners that, that are in that space where they're like, I just, I want something more, but, but, but. Yeah, no, I totally uh, understand and agree with that sentiment because I'm going to be honest, before she quit her job, before I quit my job, I was totally terrified as to what was going to happen next. So, I mean, you go from, like I was saying before, I've had a job since I was 16 years old. Now, all of a sudden, I'm I'm my own boss, I'm my own manager, my own CEO or, you know, of, of this business. And it's tough because you're like, you have the security of the paycheck that, We've kind of built this, you know, there's this big picture of what that security, quote unquote security actually is, because if anything, uh, the last couple of years has taught us is that, you know, a lot of what we do at work is just a numbers game. And if the numbers don't work out for the business, then we can be the ones cut. And so, I I mean, I say all of that just to say that I was I was scared, too. Um, But one thing that I am afraid of even more is regret. You know, I hate to look at it in the face and look at it 30 years later and say, man, I wish I had insert want here. So I went I went ahead and started to take things by the horns, because at the end of the day, a job is just a job. At least that's the way I had to start looking at it, because if this only worked for six months, if it only worked for a year, if it only worked for five years, if it worked permanently, that would be great. But even if it didn't last as long as I wanted it to last, then I just have to, you know, buckle up and go find another job again and and go from there. And once I kind of even that out in my head, I went ahead and took the leap. And because of that, so far, it's worked out alarmingly well, you know, and I'm going to uh, continue doing it as, as, as well. But one key advice that I would definitely say is to have a plan. Don't just do it just to do it. Um, I teach people. I teach uh, people how to build blogs, how to build websites, and whatever to earn an income from it. But that's just one thing that you can do. But even though I'm teaching people how to do that, I tell them don't just quit your job tomorrow. That would be not the wisest thing to do. But to have a plan, have a nest egg built up, have a uh, what have like a number where if it ever gets to this one number, I got to break down and go get a job again. You know, so I, I had a plan and based on following through on that plan, I've been able to enjoy, you know, the life that I have now. Where did you learn this from? Did you have like a mentor or mm. did you just kind of like bang your head around until you figured it out or <laughs> or where where did you get this insight from? Yeah, you'd be surprised. A lot of people will pay thousands and thousands of dollars for little bits of advice like that. But I'm just going to be your typical millennial. And I learned a lot from YouTube. Wow. <laughs> you know, I learned a lot from blogs and podcasts and uh, seeing what other people did and how it was able to benefit them and just realize that, OK, I can do this in my life as well. I'll give you a perfect example. There's a prominent YouTuber that I follow and all he talks about is saving money and, and how to get your money to grow for you. 
that's a lot of stuff that I didn't learn growing up. Um, a lot of what you learn about money is what you get from your parents. And unfortunately, if your parents aren't that good with money, you're probably going to end up not very good with money. And I just kind of started following him and I read a few books. I followed some other people that were doing very similar things. And I started noticing that the messaging was really the same from each person. It's just a different way to get there. So then I just kind of developed my own way to do it. And then I was actually starting to earn money with my money versus just letting it sit in a savings account doing absolutely nothing, learning how to invest, learning how to get your money to continue growing, even if you're not working on it. And that's one thing that I had never understood before until I started putting a little bit into play and then all of a sudden a lot of it <laughs> into play and it started working out pretty well. It's interesting because a lot of times the excuse that one might say is, well, I don't, I didn't grow up in an environment where entrepreneurialism, you know, being an entrepreneur is natural. And so that could be an excuse. But what I'm hearing you say is that if you're resourceful, the information is out there. You don't, you can go and pave your own path by going to resources that are readily available at your fingertips. You said YouTube, podcasts, books, and you really just immersed yourself in that. Yeah, for sure. Like there is a more succinct way to do it. And that would be hiring somebody to basically tell you how to do it. Like you were mentioning, uh, Gina Maria, uh, uh, a mentor or something of that nature. But at the time, I didn't have the money to really drop thousands of dollars to have someone tell me what to do. Um, so I just I pieced it together. I'm the kind of person that um, on a true false test, I'll get every one of them wrong. I'm, I just I never choose the right answer. <laughs> so I've learned a lot based on doing it wrong the first time, but then getting it right the second time. So I like to say I'm pretty good at learning from my mistakes. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, it's it, it sounds like you have a very good relationship with money. I think some people are kind of afraid of money and hoard money. And I, I'm hearing you say that you have a, a really good relationship with money as far as like, okay, all right, here we go. We're going to do this. This is a tool. And let's see how we can work this tool to my best advantage. And and when it gets to this certain point, okay, where we're going to like maybe step back on using that tool, <laughs> go back to the job, maybe figure that out. And, and it sounds like you have a flexibility there going into this experience that was like, and you must, where's, where's your faith? Was did faith? I'm I'm seeing faith in that. That's that stepping out on faith, going, okay, hey, we're gonna do something different. That takes faith, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you gotta trust in something, you know, rather than just throwing yourself on the mercy of whatever you know you think is out there, you know. So I mean, I, I do have a faith, and I wanted to go ahead and just you know give it a try. And when once I did that, um, you know, things started to kind of work out, you know. Uh, it all doesn't happen without a plan, though. So that's kind of what I had to make sure that 
I had written down, I had goals, I mean, even something as simple as paying off the credit card debt. It was spread across a whole bunch of credit cards. I remember sitting down and writing down all of the balances, writing down all of the interest that each one was earning, or not earning, but losing because I was paying the interest, <laughs> uh, and how much money each one was being paid. I had to pay each month to keep the creditors off my back, right? So I started looking at which ones were the highest interest that was paying that I was paying the most each month, and I would attack those first. I think they call it the avalanche method or something. And I was just going after it like that. And I would knock down one big hurdle and like, yes. And then I move around and knock down another hurdle and another one. And it got to the point to where now uh, I, I now have more money than I owe people. So we mean to have a, uh, a, a, a net, good place to uh, be. A net positive, <laughs> a net worth. Yeah, you know, and but I hadn't been that way for a long time. And a lot of it was because the debt I had accrued because of school, some of the bad mistakes I had made with, with credit cards. Just I remember for years, I'm just moving money from credit card to credit card, trying to keep it at a lower interest rate. You Robbing know? Peter just to pay one Paul. One of these days, I'm going to pay it off. Who's, yeah. Who is your go-to, who's your favorite person to listen to on YouTube for, for financial advice? Oh, definitely um, Graham Stephan. A lot of people have heard of Graham. Uh, he just he has around two million or so subscribers now. But when I first started following him, he only had like two or three hundred thousand. So he was still a decently sized channel at the time. But now he just kind of blew up. And I got a lot of good advice just from him about how to, uh, you know, get your money to work with you, invest consistently and just watch it grow over time. Um, I think Warren Buffett said the eighth wonder of the world is compound interest. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I absolutely love is they, the money just continues growing and growing over time. But if you never start with it, if you never continue to invest in it consistently, then you're never going to see that compound interest work in your favor. Chris, you know, one of the things that we had just talked about since it's the beginning of the year, you know, we're just getting going in 2021 is habits and how people can, you know, there's habits you want to break, but there's habits that you want to build. And you have developed, obviously, success habits that have kept you consistent. What are what are some of the habits that you've built that have kept you consistent in your business after you got everything started? What are what's like Chris's guidebook to <laughs> make sure to do these things every day or every week? Well, I'll tell you, Des, it's like the uh, what some people might see or consider habits. My wife would call them being stubborn. <laughs> and that's one of the things that I definitely am is uh, I kind of refuse to give up on stuff. Um, I look at other examples uh, and see other people that are doing it. And I realize that, okay, if they're doing it, I, I look at them and I, I think to myself, they can't be that much smarter than I am, right? They can't be. So I'm just going to listen to what they have to say and then implement it and then just see what happens, you know? And uh, I'm always careful not to make, like, especially when it comes to money, never to invest more than I'm willing to lose. So I'll have kind of have that mindset when I'm going into trying to work with something. And then that's kind of how that part works out. So I guess the stubbornness is where it comes from. Nice. What about, you know, and what about risks? Because a lot of people in that same vein might say, oh gosh, and you know, the, the what if this happens? What if that happens? How do you get past that fear of the unknown? Because like one of the things that you just said right now is, you know, just listen to some advice, do it and see what happens. 
What if somebody doesn't have that mentality where they're like comfortable seeing what happens? <laughs> what are some resilience things? How do, how do people overcome fear and risks that kind of paralyze them? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I hear what you're saying. And I remember being in that same boat not that long ago. And uh, I remember one of the first things that I invested in only cost me $19 to invest in was some training that I bought. And, you know, at the end of the day, $19 isn't that much money. But for some people, $19 is a ton of money, right? So it just depends on your perspective on it. And I remember I had to make the switch for myself that, okay, I'm spending $19, but I'm using this to hopefully make $1,900 or $19,000 or something like that in the past. So now I really look at the value of what that investment really was. And I realized that 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 value was a lot more than just $19 because I've been able to build a business on it and retire my wife and quit my job myself because I was earning more money. So now I look at it, what would have happened if I didn't pay that $19? So I kind of go back to what it was earlier. The fear of regret is a lot bigger than the fear of failure that I have. So that's kind of the mindset that I kind of ride in and I mean, I'm not saying that every uh, business venture I've ever entered has been successful. I remember wasting probably around a few thousand dollars just within the last couple of years on a on a train that didn't pan out at all, you know, and I was upset and I was mad <laughs> that the money was gone. But I learned so much in the situation that was going on. I learned how what went wrong. I look back at the situation and realize that, okay, I should have seen this. I should have seen that. And I didn't notice it at the time, but now I'm much better for it. So instead of losing that few thousand dollars, I spent that money to learn this lesson. So it's all about the uh, uh, the perspective and the way that you look at it. And it's hard to do because a lot of people don't have that automatically happen in their heads. They immediately think, oh, you know, the world's crashing in on me, which at times it can seem that way, but it's just really important to, after you have your emotional moment where, oh man, I'm upset that this happened, eventually sit down, look at the situation and see what you can learn from it and continue failing forward, which is one of my favorite sayings to say. I love that. Fail forward. Okay. So I have a question for you. You know, it sounds like regret is a huge motivator for you. What influenced that for you? What was there some did you watch somebody go ahead of you? Was there something in your life that happened to you that made such an impression that you use regret for your favor? Hmm, that's a really good question. So I would have to say I remember when I was maybe just out of high school, early in college, um, I had the iPhones were, were, you know, just kind of becoming huge where it was kind of taking over the world. And a lot of people were kind of skeptical as to what was going on, but I saw the value in them. So I remember going online and I found uh, um, an old re overseas retailer that said that they had iPhones for, I think, three or $400 or something each and uh, that they wanted to buy at least 10 of them. So I had to come up with like four four or $5,000. And I didn't have that money at the time. So I borrowed it from my dad. I asked him and I told him, I was like, Hey, I think I have a business venture that might work out. Can I borrow this money? Because I can get these phones to turn around and sell them on eBay for a thousand dollars each. Trust me, it's going to work. 
And I don't remember exactly what how what transpired with that because my dad eventually gave me the money. But then afterwards, that I got the phones and they were not iPhones. They were what they call M phones, which is really weird. But it's it was just a, an old knockoff. So those phones weren't worth a thousand dollars. They were probably worth a hundred or something, right? That so I ended up losing a lot of money in that situation. And I remember feeling terrible about what I had did because I took my dad's money, right? And I think part of me, I think part of him knew that this is probably not going to (laughs) work, but I think he wanted to help teach me a lesson. And um, what I, I ended up paying him the money back. It was much many years later, but I did end up paying him the money back after I had made a couple of better decisions. But, um, I guess looking at that situation, I, eventually everything worked out. And I don't know if maybe that's what kind of taught me. It's okay to take a risk, but you have to have your own definition of what working out actually is. And if you can have control over how you're thinking, how you're living, and not let anyone else determine how you feel, then that really goes a long way in making sure that you don't always feel down on yourself. Um, I'll give you another example. When someone, I used to play uh, the video game Madden. It's a, it's a football game that you play on on a PlayStation or whatever. And I used to play this all the time. Like I literally lived on it, especially during high school. I would go to school and then play Madden. That's all I did. And when I would lose, I wouldn't blame the other guy for losing. I would look at the mistakes that I made in the game that made me lose. So having that different kind of perspective really helped propel me forward when some people would end up holding themselves back. And uh, I think that was pretty powerful for me and a good lesson for my dad as well. Gina Marie and I are so excited to announce that we are on the board for WO3. What is WO3, you ask? I will tell you, W3 is a grassroots movement dedicated to supporting women-owned businesses in three ways, partner, promote, and support. Our goal is to create an annual movement on March 27th, 2021, to raise awareness of female-owned businesses and inspire women to look for opportunities to support her all year round. There's evidence that shows that when we support women-owned businesses, we're increasing economic stability in the families and communities they live in. Sign up today at wo3connect.com. Join Join us in in the the WO3 movement. So another thing I'm really curious about is you have taken a blog and have, you know, been able to retire your wife and be able to do this for you full time. Um, how how were you able to do that? Um, tell our listeners, you know, a little bit about like, what's your content and, and how did you get that out? I mean, when you put something on a website, and it's a blog, you have to be able to have people go to that blog? Like, what is your process with that? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a relatively simple process, but it's just a little more involved because of what you have to do. But basically what I do is I create blogs or websites that has helpful content on it. 
And when I say helpful content, I mean basically content that's answering questions about a particular uh, uh, interest. And an, a word that we use in the industry is called a niche or a niche. So if you are having one particular topic and you write about it and you help people who are looking for information on that topic, you can now uh, offer them products that would help them in that space. So let me go ahead and put a name to some of this to make it a little more sense. But let's just say that um, you like bowling. You like maybe bowling is a passion of yours and you do it all the time. So you probably go to go to the bowling alley. You might bowl once a week, a few times a month, whatever. But you know a lot about it. It's one of those things you kind of nerd out about when you go on the computer and on Google or YouTube. Now, because you know so much about it, what would you normally do with that knowledge? Nothing much. Maybe get some bowling buddies and go bowling every once in a while. Well, now, because you know so much about it, there's a lot of people who are online who are looking for information on bowling because maybe they are just getting started. They've always wanted to learn but never got around to it. How to not look stupid on a date. Bowling. <laughs> Give me some tips. How do I not suck at bowling? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And that could be a question that you can answer on your website. So you would you would find the question that like a typical question that people would ask, how to not suck at bowling? You know, or something <laughs> that would like be that. my question, and right? If that's, <laughs> and if how do you that's not a break a nail? Question, that would be Dez's. Right. Yeah. How do you not break yeah, a nail? Yeah, kidding. Look, it sounds it, it sounds crazy, but that's a legitimate question that people would have that might not have a good answer on Google. Um, let me ask you this. Have you ever Googled something and couldn't find like the greatest answer for it. So you end up kind of clicking around the page two and three and never really finding what you're looking for. Then you find some forum and Sally one, two, three tells you what she did when she was looking for the answer. And it kind of fits what you're looking Instead of going through that whole process, that's just opportunity for a blogger to create content that does answer the question specifically. So I answer that question. People will Google it. My article will pop up number one on you know as the first thing on the on the page. They go to my website, they read about it. Oh, this guy happens to be an expert in bowling. Let me see what else he has to say. And you can put on there what are called affiliate links. So I'll say, yeah, you, so you don't want to break a nail. Well, do this and maybe use this hardening gel before you actually go out there and start bowling and click the link here to go to Amazon and go buy it. And I get a commission from the sale just from doing that. So offering relevant products based on the subject I'm talking about. And that's basically in a nutshell kind of how you build a blog and earn an income. So from you it. don't you don't promote your blog at all? It's just all generated uh, from questions on Google. Uh, the majority of the traffic comes from Google. 95% of the traffic definitely comes from Google. Um, a lot of it comes from YouTube, but technically YouTube is Google is also. Yeah, everything funnels YouTube through the same place. Google. Yeah, Google. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. Um, but that's basically how I promote it. I don't use anything like Pinterest or uh, Facebook or anything. I used to in the past, but over time, those websites have gotten really smart about how they don't want people leaving their platforms. They want to keep people on Facebook. They want to keep people on Pinterest. And because of that, maybe if I have a link that goes to my site, they might they don't never admit it, but they kind of suppress your link a little bit or suppress your posts because it, it may not be sent to all of your audience. Like I'll give you some food for thought. If I, ha I have a, a YouTube channel that has around 60,000 subscribers, but when I create a video and put it out there, maybe 10% of my audience sees it. Hmm. And you, that that's a pretty low number. It's even worse on Facebook. If you create an audience and create a post and you put it on Facebook, you might have... 
maybe one or two percent of everyone who follow you is going to actually see it because everything is what's called algorithm based. Yes. So if so, if what you post is not quote unquote interesting, then it's not going to get pushed to most people because it's not going to work in the platform's favor to keep you on Facebook. And the longer you're on Facebook, the more likely you are to see an advertisement. And the more likely you are to see the advertisement, you might click it and then Facebook makes money. So I've stopped using places like Facebook and Pinterest. Google, it's to their best interest to have people get the right answer so that people use Google again. Right. So blogging, in my opinion, is one of the greatest ways to promote a blog because you are promoting it on the website. But and really, who's using anything other than Google? Yeah. Google. Hey, Bing. Can you tell me like who does that? Yeah. Like, do do people even use other search engines? Google is the number one. I mean, like go to Yahoo anymore? Like, no, like even even when you watch a movie, it's always referenced. Just Google it. Hey, Google. You'll find it. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Think of it that way. Google has become its own verb. You know, when people say, hey, I have a question. Oh, what is what's the immediate answer? Just like you said, this is you you uh, Google, you Google it. it. You don't Yahoo it. You don't Bing it. You know, you, you Google it. It's because it, that's just the way people are today. Um, I think of all the websites in the world, Google has around two billion active users every day. And like literally billions of questions are asked each and every day. And all you have to do is just kind of put yourself in the middle and answer those questions. And even to a certain extent, YouTube has become that as well. Some people will say YouTube it. Exactly. It's it's starting to become it's starting to become a verb within itself because it works, because Google is providing the answers to questions that people are having. If Google wasn't working, you wouldn't use it over and over and over again. You know, so it's to their best interest to provide the right answers to questions that us as bloggers can create. Yeah. And this is really awesome, Chris. I'm like just totally soaking up everything you're saying because what I'm hearing you say in a nutshell, so for all the people that are listening right now, because I think I think what happens is we overcomplicate things. And that's why that's part of the paralysis of getting started is like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be so hard. Overwhelming. I need need $50,000 before I could do this is you have knowledge today. Everyone does that you can monetize. Yes. It's about the way that you get your knowledge out there to the world. And one of the things that you have cracked the code on in a simple yet effective way is how to get that knowledge out there. Um, and so that brings me to kind of a specific question about you is your services. So would like, let's say today, yeah, like somebody's like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm an expert bowler or gosh, I really, you know, want to start a honeybee plantation. I don't know why I just said that, but just, you know, whatever it is, is that, um, how people would find you is they, they want somebody to help them get their knowledge out there. Yeah. So typically I go to, I go to where the people are, I guess you can say. And a lot of people who are looking for, Maybe uh, you can get really specific. So when you're building what's a, what's called what I call a WordPress site, um, or what everyone calls a WordPress site, I guess not just me, <laughs> but it's a WordPress site, and it can get a little complicated for what's the best practices on how to do this, or what's the best practices on how to do that, or if you need help on Google, what can I write in my article to make sure I show up on the first page of Google? Certain questions like that, I can answer them 
either within my blog or I can go on Facebook and find some groups of other people who are trying to do the exact same thing and help them out. And then when I help them out, they say, oh, you seem to be an expert on this or you seem to know a lot about it. You know, how did you get your well, I have a training that you can check out, you know, and then I send people to that. And uh, that's really a good way. It's just going to where the people are and the who are already interested in what it is. And if you can help them get what they want in life, then you're going to get what you want in life. And I think that's a, a old Jim Rohn quote. But um, that's really a, a powerful statement because I'm just helping people get from point A to point B. Um, most people, like, for example, some people want to start a podcast and have no idea what's the first thing to do to start a podcast. The very facts that, you know, you guys have the Blissful Podcast shows that, hey, I, you know, you, you know inherently because you've done it already more than that person who's always wanted to do it but never got around to it. You know, so you just have to find the people who need the help, help them, and then provide services if they want to dive deeper. So you have a training then. Oh yes, yeah, so I do that have we a can put on our on our uh, show notes so so everybody can get in contact with you if they have um their gifts, their talents, their knowledge to share with the world with every which everybody does. Yeah, I always talk about blogging about your passions and whatever that you whatever thing it is that you just happen to know a lot about. Like when you go to a party and you're talking to somebody and that's the that's the, what you always lead off with is whatever subject that is, that's what you probably need to start a blog about. And I help people do that over at blogbuilderpro.net. And literally, you can go there and you can talk directly with me and I can help you, you know, uh, uh, get from point A to point B in your blog and start earning an income from it. So that maybe you can do something as simple as get a couple an extra couple hundred bucks a month to pay bills or you can scale it to the point to where you can replace your job with it. Um, so it, it's out there. You just have to take it, you know, and that's what I try to help people do. People who want to get from point A to point B, I help them get there actually step by step from point A to point B with building their blogs. And I do that over at blogbuilderpro.net. That's awesome. Well, I'm so I was so excited to have you on here for our personal use because we have started a little bit of that journey. Mm -hmm. Um, But our um, paralysis has been doing so many things like we we built all of this so quickly and you know there's the urgent and there's the important right Right. and our urgent is our job and our immediate income and we've got to take care of that and you know my children whatever they like to be fed and stuff so i guess they need food every once in a while (laughs) like sometimes three times a day. Oh my gosh. And so, you know, there's all these like urgent things that you're doing. And then there's the important, which is this, because this is something I think is so amazing because, you know, as we are building Blissful Fortitude and all the information and all the content and everything that we put out, this is our legacy. Mm -hmm. And coming from being a widow and losing somebody like that, uh, he has left us legacies like within my children's lives and what he put into them. He's left us legacies in journaling. He's left us legacies in his artwork and those are priceless. So I can see the value of a blog being, those are your written words. Like I know my daughters go on his Facebook page 
and Annalise probably the most mm-hmm. will go on and he I have it memorialized so it'll always be there but you don't get creepy notices that it's his birthday and so the, she'll dig in there and she'll look at that you know I think of this podcast as being a part of our legacy. I know that my girls can listen to the wisdom that I've put out into the world and hear my voice. And that that is journaled in a way that they can spend some time with me after I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And um, I can see blogging falling into even a deeper space. You know, leaving your mark in the world, like leaving those, you know, those written thoughts. Oh, I know what I was going to ask you. Here it is. What would you say to somebody who doesn't spell well for blogging? Have an uh, <laughs> editor. Um, there's, there's grammar, sucky grammar. Like, like I, I'm telling you, like Desiree is my left brain. She, we complete each other because she's just freaking fabulous with so many of those <laughs> kind of things. Because I can spell. Um, I am the creative one. I'm creating a punch board for my daughter's 10th birthday at the moment right now so she can punch through and pick a number. And I mean, the, Desiree would be like, how do you even think about Why doing would that? you do that? No. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. And, that's that's, that's but, how I think. But yeah. so, so when it comes to blogging, I'm like. Oh heck no, techno! Like I, me, I'm gonna <laughs> blog. Like, like I can get away with a lot. You talk in and somebody else writes. and my voice <laughs> because they, you know, I always cringe when Ben types out the things on our on our podcast. Oh. Or when, when Aaron puts that because I'm not very clear with how you communicate I something. Communicate. Des communicates herself very well. So. All that to say, what would you say to somebody like me? Well, there's <laughs> tools for that. They do make tools that will actually correct your grammar for you while you're writing, which is kind of cool. Can I get this thing um, to follow me around life? <laughs> <laughs> if your life consisted of nothing but writing on a blog, 100%. Yeah, right? Oh, my gosh. That would be hilarious. Awesome. If you don't mind. But if you don't mind, just to double back on the point that you were making before, um, with my the name, one of my namesakes, I guess, online is Benji's dad. And that's because that's my son's name. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have, you know, dive deeper to try to figure this stuff out. So, you know, God forbid, if I wasn't here tomorrow, he would still have all of the blogs, the YouTube channels and everything and know that it was in it's in his namesake. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, he's only four now, so I doubt he understands it 100 percent now. But definitely when he gets a little older and he has like a whole YouTube channel that's basically dedicated to helping other people do what his dad did. You know, I think that's going to be kind of cool. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. My gosh. Speaking from personal that's experience, they they do like when you lose somebody that's so close to you, you cling on to everything. And to have something like that so special is priceless. Absolutely. Yeah. Priceless. Absolutely. Usually because, you know, because we happen to be in a public forum, you know, with the podcast and I have a podcast too, and I got the YouTube channel and I have the blog and everything. Even today, I'm still very cognizant of every little thing that I say because I don't want it to come back on me later. Yeah. You know, and just the nature of our business, you know, if you if you say enough stuff, you're eventually gonna say something stupid. <laughs> but it uh, happens. <laughs> I just I try to think of it, okay, if I say this and it's played back to me later. Am I going to be okay with it? Yeah. So what you just said a few minutes ago about, you know, with your late husband and all, I, I never thought about that to the point to where I need to make sure what I'm saying I actually agree with and I actually have some substance behind it. And I'm not just doing it just to make a quick buck because is that what I want Benji to see 
when he's 20, you know? So uh, I'm always pretty sure to make sure that I'm not just promoting stuff just to promote it, that I actually have a use case for it and a reason for promoting it. Maybe I actually used it, not just to go grab a quick buck. Cause there's too many of those out there. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I've definitely have used to separate myself from the pack is being a little bit more honest is being a little more straightforward, not saying you're going to make a million dollars overnight, which you're not, you know, it's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take some blood, sweat and tears. But at the end of the day, you won't regret it. And you're going to definitely uh, look back at what you built and enjoy it, you know, and and smile at it. And in the long run, you know, the people that have that kind of heart, they don't last. People that's correct. get it, they feel it, and and that's that's something as a as a woman in my fifties, that's one of the most beautiful things that I've gotten with age is just embracing who I am and loving who I am. And I know who I am and I know who I am not. And there's a lot of parts of me that I love and there's parts of me I don't love. And I, you know, every day it's just doing, trying to be more of who I love about myself and trying to not be the person that I don't love about myself. And part of that is saying stupid things. I do stupid things on a daily, on a daily. And I've gotten to the point where it's like, yay, here's another one. Oh, well, here we go. That's, that's what it that's is. That's the ride on my merry-go-round. But, you know, I, I, I think <laughs> this I like is, my merry-go-round. <laughs> I think it's really cool, though, because the spirit of everything you're talking about is about leaning into your talents and what you're good at. Because there's For just sure. so much of society and people and everything telling you what you're not. You know, and it can make you feel defeated. Like, oh yeah. gosh, is there anything I do well? As a commercial, right? Yeah. You something as simple as a commercial. It it tells you what their definition of insert. You know anything here? You know, like what their definition of beauty is, or what the definition of this. Like, no, create your own definition. You know, yeah. because that's what's going to make you unique rather than falling into the pack. I mean, I remember, especially with, with Benji growing up, something as simple as whether or not to put him on his back versus on his stomach when he's sleeping, when he was an infant, that's changed like two or three times over the last <laughs> 25, 30 years. Mm-hmm. How old they have to be before you put the car seat before you turn it the other way. At one point it was this age and 10 years later, it was this age. And now 20 years later, it's a different age. About 80 years ago, it was okay to smoke. You know, they were like, they they said that smoking was something that was going to cause you to be, uh, uh, well and good you know it was going to help you out with whatever it has to be now granted i mean it's 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 a habit i understand that it that some people do it and it's and it's it's for, for whatever reason however there's a lot of studies today that show the complete opposite but it's just something that's changed over time so when you see the whole pack going one way i recommend going the other way right yes <laughs> you know that was that was always advice that i would give to um to families And, um, when I, when I was speaking on parenting, you know, the foundation is the mom and the dad. And you know what? You just gotta, you gotta be 
make that foundation strong between the two of you. Because like you said, if you try to make your mother-in-law happy that did it this way, your your mom happy that did it that way, your neighbor happy that did it that way, your pastor that thinks you should do it this way, it's, it's what the two of you decide is right for you. Make that foundation strong. And, and that is such a successful recipe for, for, you know, parenting and, and in life, Mm -hmm. like being true to your values, know those values, be true to those values. If you have a partner and it's with your parenting, we'll then be on the same page with that. Desiree and I, when we sat down and we plotted out this business, we thought out everything. And we literally have written out what we will say yes to, what we will say no to. What is our mission? What is our alignment? Does this align with us? And will we do that? And when you know that and you know who you are, then that helps you in the directions that you need to go. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. This has been such a great conversation with you. Uh, Yeah, people are going to get so much out of it. And we'll make sure that people have all the places they can reach you, your website and places they could find you, because there is a lot of good Mm -hmm. that folks will get out of um, being able to connect with you to kind of lean into their passions. One of our core values is fun, and we always like to end our interviews on a note of high spirit and just a good time because we want people to feel good at the end of stuff. You know, there's a lot of negativity out there. So we have two kind of final fun questions for you. And um, Gina Marie is going to ask you the first one. All right. Are you ready for this? (laughs) Okay. If a movie were being made of your life, and you could choose an actor to play you, who would you choose and why? Choose an actor to play me. Let's see. Probably Idris Elba. Oh, my gosh. I love Idris Elba. That is a great choice. He and is why? so versatile. Well, he's very suave, and I'm not. So he would, like, make up for everything that... <laughs> I lack, so it'd be perfect. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's okay. got a British accent, but he knows Ooh. how to do an American accent, which there is. There you go. Which they is do really that. Cool. They do that. And then they shock you. I t- and they do it very me. well. Yeah. Like the guy on 50 Shades. I'm all, what the heck in the world? Yeah. You can't even tell. What? Yeah. Oh, and the Sons of Anarchy dude, too. Yeah. A lot of them do that. Two They're very really, hot guys. Really, yeah, really singers good do it too. Like I didn't realize Adele had an accent until I heard her speaking. Oh yeah, time. because when like, oh, they sing, the same thing it. happens. She doesn't sing with it, so yeah, that yes. is so fascinating. Yes. I remember somebody saying <clears throat> one time to somebody that that had like a southern accent. They said, "You're the one with the accent. I don't have the accent because when you sing, you can't hear it." <laughs> <laughs> Oh and, then, my gosh. and then I asked, I remember I met this guy oh, and, um, and he had a Southern accent and I said, how do I sound to you? And he said, intelligent. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my Never gosh. have 
have I ever? Oh, that's okay. so funny. So, You're like, I'm going to cherish I'm, I'm this moment. I'm that one down. Oh, I my intelligent. Gosh. Okay, then. This one's going in the book. <laughs> yeah, take that to the bank. Oh, that's funny. Okay. <laughs> okay, now Jez's turn. So my question is, I don't even know what it is yet because it's going to be dictated by you. So you are going to pick a number between 1 and 20, and then I'll tell you what the question is. Um, let's go with 17. Ooh, okay, 17. I don't know if anybody's chosen 17 before. Um, if you had to eat one meal every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? So there's this restaurant that's called Raising Canes. It started off in Louisiana. I'm from Louisiana, by the way. And hey, it started off in Louisiana. That's where all the good food is. <laughs> Right next to a little school called LSU. And it was just, uh, that's all they do is make chicken fingers. That's it. Nothing else. And toast. Chicken that's fingers their and niche. Fries and, and toast. toast. That's, I that's, just that's had it thing. recently. Yeah. What? I did. Seriously? Yeah. Stop. Yeah. yeah. What did you do that? In Las Vegas, they have Raising Cane's. What the heck they in the world? Have a lot of, they yeah. do have a Raising in Las Vegas. Yep. And I was like, And what they're is a this? chicken finger place. What is this all about? They do but they do, do one well. thing and they do one thing really well yep. and that's just make the chicken fingers right so yep. it's very simple it it's very good and very good. i'm addicted to it if i always i always said if if I, my last meal if i'm on death row <laughs> my last meal <laughs> is give me some raisin king's chicken fingers and that's i, I will die a happy man <laughs> so if you haven't and you find one okay benji so if you're listening <laughs> Try the Raising Cane's restaurant wherever they have that because they do have good chicken and they have good toast. That's toast. Yeah, there is one in Boston, so I'm able to get some there every once in a while. Yeah. Oh, that's telling amazing. you. Well, you'll, you'll have it one day. That's amazing. Awesome. Well, I love hearing that. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your encouragement. Um, um, thank you for connecting with us. We're, we are so grateful to you and, um, for this podcast. And we know that this is going to give lots of, um, encouragement and value for our listeners. Absolutely. Um, we would love to thank, um, everybody that puts this together. Ava Media. Yep. You're amazing, Aaron. Thank you for all that you do to make us look so good and and to even figure out what I'm saying. <laughs> um, and to uh, Ben, our podcast manager, for putting the whole parts and pieces together and making it all work and function. We appreciate that. And most of all, we thank our listeners yes, who yes, come you. and continue to... Faithfully. You know, ask us questions that we can help answer. It's like a live blog. There you go. Kind of. Yeah. Right? So thank you so much for listening. We are so grateful. We're so grateful. Rate and review. Share this with somebody that you know could use this information. And until next time, may your faith be greater than your fears. And remember, you are your only limit. So take action today. Thanks for listening to the Bliss Beyond Fear podcast.